I'm Frances Robertson Ritchie. Welcome to today's episode of The Explored Life, More Than Yoga. On today's episode of The Explored Life, More Than Yoga, I am talking to Emily Rowell, also known as The Body Doula. Now, Emily works as a a doula, an antenatal and yoga teacher, but her main areas of expertise are around pelvic health and embodiment. So today I'm talking to her about how we as women can best support our pelvic health. about what you do Emily? So I do lots of work with pregnant and postnatal people and other folk who need stuff around their pelvises. So working with embodiment and biomechanics and where those all come together to help people feel happier in their bodies. That's interesting. So you specifically focus on the pelvis? Yes. The work that you do. And you're a doula, is that correct? I'm also a doula, so following people through that birth journey as well. Yeah, that must be an interesting role. It is. It's quite an honour to be part of people's lives through that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish that I had known um, more about um, doulas when I had my kids especially my first because I I didn't know I'd read about them but it didn't seem like something that I would be almost allowed to have you know or allow myself to have it seemed quite um out of my sort of understanding of the whole process and I, I went into the whole thing um completely um naive I would say <laughs> as most people probably do so it would have been lovely to have had that sort of support I know lots of people have really great experiences with them um, their midwives and um uh but you know but not always so I think I I would have benefited from having someone uh maybe from not a medical sort of viewpoint supporting is that what you do Exactly. So it's adding much more continuity through. So I know there's been a big shift in focus with midwifery and recognising that that does benefit women when they're birthing to have a familiar person throughout. But I can be there in a different way and there's not always time to listen to people's stories and what they need to say and what needs to be heard in order for them to progress and feel comfortable for birth and to get the information and resources that they need. So it's a lot about listening and being there and helping signpost to information and yet yeah, being that definite continuous person who will be there for whatever arrangement we've had. So sometimes it's for birth preparation and to get ready. So I'm helping partners too. It's not just about the birthing person. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at the moment where it's only one birth partner, a lot of places. So giving the partners all the resources or as much of the resources as I can give them to take with and being available on the phone. Yeah, that's tough at the moment, isn't it? That um, So I guess you can't be there in person right now. No. 
yeah necessarily um can be different if it's um potentially a home birth situation because mm-hmm. it's within the rules to attend someone who's birthing of course you have to be able to go and help people if they need you in labor yeah um, and the rules are slightly different for having a postnatal bubble for childcare and that sort of support too so for some people it's all about the prep and getting ready for some people it's that and someone on call for them so that's like 24 7 available whenever baby decides that they're going to arrive and then for other people or it might just be postnatal care and having support in that period or for some people it's the whole thing so you've got that real long continuity my definition of postpartum is quite quite long (laughs) what what does that what by long what do you mean anyone who's had a baby (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's interesting because yeah it definitely um changes your body doesn't it um that doesn't uh it doesn't go back (laughs) to what was before (laughs) it changes your body it changes your brain chemistry there's a whole load of stuff that's different so to kind of put postpartum into six weeks or six months yeah quite restrictive and sometimes that is the frame that people need most support I mean genuinely most of us need more support around those actual physical changes and the reality shift of bringing a new baby home Mm -hmm. but then it is much longer period really yeah and I guess this is where uh, your work with um women um, and you were saying, so talk a little bit more about the work you do, the embodied, did you call it embodied work? Yeah. Yeah. So um, the way I approach working with people is helping them know more about their bodies, how they work. So the actual functionality and the biomechanics of how we're set up mm-hmm. um, and how life is in our bodies as beings so the way we move the quality of our movement our habits all feed into the picture it's not normally that someone just needs to do pelvic floor exercises that consist of some squeezing and everything's hunky-dory quite often it's a big set of other things that play into that picture that can be lifestyle issues stress particularly at the moment with everyone at home with makeshift desks it can be how we're sitting for long periods of time the average is about before pandemic this was nine and a half hours a day to be sat wow yeah that's a lot yeah it's pretty epic (laughs) that's a lot of sitting down and that was before the pandemic Mm -hmm. so now it's going to be more than that for sure Although I suppose you take your commute sitting out. If you had several hours of commuting, maybe that's not. You're probably just working for that time at a desk. (laughs) People are just working, aren't they? Essentially, yeah. So I don't know. That's the that's the kind of feedback I get from people is that suddenly, and um, and myself as well, um, work blends into (laughs) your whole life, doesn't it? Because there's no boundaries anymore. So yeah. Yeah, so potentially people are sitting more even. Yes, there is that definite potential. And without having the sort of fancy desk chair that you might have had at work, I know some places have been great about 
getting stuff delivered to people's houses and other places less so. And if you've got a sort of desk set up, a lot of us are just mucking through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like um, it can be helpful to shift positions. So I try to move. uh, So like right now I'm sort of in a sort of squat position in a really low, on a really low stool. And then I'll move to a higher chair at the table and then I'll sit on the, you know, so I'm not sitting for all of those hours or however long we sit um, just in one specific position. So you've got that sort of movement. And then in between you do a little bit of, walking moving you know absolutely so variety is where it's at and you can really focus on the ways that you get up and down from those sitting positions too as really useful movement yeah yeah yeah. we add in and the more consciously we think about those transitions and then the places that we put ourselves for the chunks of focus because it all tends to be leaning forwards and not thinking about your body it's quite a disembodied activity working at a computer so bringing having some little tools that can help you come back to think what do I actually need right now I'm really thirsty I need to get up and stretch and get a drink because we go off down that path of having that focus which is a wonderful thing especially if you're in a sort of workflow state but to come back to your body more regularly is a massive help for everything but especially if you've got pelvic floor stuff going on lower back pain so much of that is pressure down into the pelvis for extended periods of time right so that's really interesting and that kind of leads into my next question and I um I'd love to understand a little bit more about um this the what you were talking about the biomechanics of the pelvis and and how how does it work and what can we do um beyond what you've just shared with us, which is really useful about being more mindful about how we sit and how we move in our just everyday life. But can you give us like a kind of summary (laughs) of, you know, for women who um, maybe they don't even necessarily have problems, you know, but just Mm -hmm. want to be able to support their pelvic health? Yeah. So the pelvis is a really amazing space in the body where You've got forces coming down from above with all your organs and up from below. So your pelvic floor is quite often described as being a hammock, which really annoys me because it's not a hammock. It might be shaped a bit like a hammock because it's joining between your sitting bones and between the coccyx and the pubis symphysis at the front. So it's probably bigger than you imagine. We can often just think about the bits that we can see and get a sense of feeling that it's much bigger and more uh, layered than you'd imagine. So a hammock gives us an idea of something that's quite static and just hangs out in space, but it's moving constantly. With every single breath you take, it moves in relationship with your diaphragm. So it moves up and down with your diaphragm movements and it reacts to every single step you take. Can I just clarify something? So when you breathe in, it moves down. Yes. And when you breathe out, it moves up. Yes. And that's the natural rhythm, rhythmic movement with your breath, that gentle exactly. moving up and down. That's great. Yeah. I, I, it's like a unit moving together. Yeah. So already we've got a picture of something that's not a hammock. <laughs> <laughs> it's moving in different ways. So uh, quite 
Often we look at people's feet along with the pelvic floor as well, because there's a relationship all the way with the forces coming through your foot up into your pelvis. It's connected in quite a direct way once you think about it, but people immediately go, feet? How's that going to do anything <laughs> for my pelvic floor? Yeah. So if you look at foot position, habits that you have with standing, especially mums where you've got baby on one hip. Yeah. And all the other habits that are just part of life that we bring from ourselves, from ballet training, from horse riding, from whatever activity you did as a kid, uh, uh, injuries from skiing, all that stuff kind of forms part of the picture of us and the way we are in ourselves, the way we hold tension, where you carry your bag on this shoulder and not that one. Yeah, <laughs> all feeds into the picture and quite a lot of that tension ends up in your pelvis because it's got that uh, dynamic relationship and taking force from different directions and if we've got the pelvis constantly tilting in one way with a lot of static pressure mm -hmm. but you don't have those movements simple things like adding something like a rolled up towel or one of these half domes can be a really great thing for just shifting up how you sit slightly just underneath you kind of like to tilt the pelvis. under your sit bones yeah yeah so you've got most of us and most chairs are designed to kind of tilt your pelvis <laughs> under so you sat on your coccyx yeah and in maximum netflix mode but if you've got that slight lift it doesn't feel great to tip back and your muscles start to go, oh, here we go. Let's go upwards. Let's start working to help this pelvis sit up more upright. And you've got much more flexibility. And because you're not hanging out hammock style, <laughs> you're then actually moving. It's micro movements, but it all builds into the picture of having more freedom of movement and flexibility and being more upright and alert potentially with it too. So it can help your focus to, to come into your body in that more alert, upright way too. Yeah, yeah. So just um, to get really clear mm -hmm. and get down to the nitty gritty, <laughs> what kind of um, problems like can we potentially suffer from like this the obvious aren't there like when you like basically you go trampolining with your kids and you realize that, you, <laughs> that was a big mistake you know yeah. we have such a laugh about that um, yeah. with my mum friends and how you know um it's and you know there's there's uh, you know um there's that isn't there and then there's potentially even more extreme you know mm -hmm. issues I guess prolapse yeah I mean, exactly. my knowledge really except the sort of little bits that you catch here and there yeah yeah so stress incontinence it's like when you sneeze or cough or laugh yeah. running, yeah. and that's a lot of fun stuff we don't want people to be avoiding in life. That's cool. That's, that's the pretty goodness, right? When we're running and jumping and laughing and playing. And trampolining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all fun. And lots of people end up not doing those bits and not having yeah. those fun times with their kids. And that's crap. But um, there is a way but, of, there is a way of um, you know, moving beyond that, you know, because yeah. that should be the case, right? 
absolutely it was quite normalized with kind of adverts for pads and yeah we all just do laugh about it it. oh gold yeah (laughs) it happens (laughs) and and it does happen but people don't know quite what to do about it once they've got past that initial postnatal stage and maybe they tried doing some squeezes and stuff and it worked for a bit or it didn't work and then maybe they've had another baby afterwards and coming back to it maybe they've not got the same sense of knowing quite what to do it's always great to seek out a women's health physio to get a good diagnosis but quite often it's about balancing what's going on in your pelvic floor so you can have too much tension as well as too little Mm -hmm. and quite often people imagine that it's going to be too little tension and everything needs tightening up mm-hmm. when if you're talking about something that's already tense you could be just adding more and more load to something that's already not in the best place for taking that so it's looking at what's going on for people and you can have um a difference one side to the other yeah in your own pelvic floor so it's not always a massively straightforward picture yeah but posture can always come into that and help and looking at how you move and live your life can always come into it and help and support the activities of a a women's health physio or the kegels that you've been given if you've got an optimum alignment along with that it's always going to benefit yeah um it's interesting because i imagine when you say like sometimes the pelvic floor can be too um, overly tense, um, then I imagine that's going to affect your breathing. If we come back to that, how the pelvic floor is designed to move with your breath. And then if you've got that tension, so it's funny how we get told um, or we all imagine that, yeah, we should be doing all the Kegels Mm. (laughs) and squeezing all the time. But in fact, we may kind of be exacerbating issues by doing that. Yeah, I mean, if you think about your body and a muscle, if you imagine a really tight muscle somewhere in you, you wouldn't say that was your best muscle. You wouldn't want to give it more to do. Yeah. So this idea that tightness is where it's going to be at is not necessarily where we want to go. So we want a muscle to be responsive and able to be strong and to relax. Yes. What I would wish for all of the muscles. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I say that in the classes all the time, that that's what we want. Yeah, that's really interesting. And um, I wonder, could you um, leave us with some practical, you've already shared so much great stuff, but some practical tips for women? So practical tips. Yeah, to support, you know, things that they could maybe bring into um, their everyday life. So um, switching up the way that you sit is a big one that we've talked about a little bit already. If you think about where you're breathing in your chest, that can be helpful too. And to maybe think about breathing into your ribs a bit more than taking short high breaths or all the time big belly breaths. Yeah, so in class we work a lot on this expansive breath working into the whole using the whole of the diaphragm and the pelvic floor you know so 
um, expanding through 360 degrees of your body rather than just this sort of like, even in yoga, sometimes we think that we just need to be doing belly breath, but um, but the, the body is designed to expand in all directions, isn't it? Absolutely. And if you're doing lots of belly breathing and you've already got pressure issues going on in your abdomen, that's not likely to be the most helpful. Right. That's really interesting and really useful, isn't it, to know? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It's been lovely to chat to you today, Emily. Where can people find you if they want to, um, you know, find out more about the work you do or work with you? Yeah, great. I'm um, on Instagram at the Body Doula. And the website is thebodydoula.com. Brilliant. Well, I'll drop the links to those um, in the comments for this podcast. It's been lovely to chat to you today. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget that you can subscribe to listen to more episodes. You can leave a review if you've enjoyed today's episode. And you can share with your friends. And I'd really appreciate that. Look forward to seeing you next week. And if you need a few moments out for yourself, I've left a free guided relaxation recording in the notes for this podcast. Take care, guys. See you next time.